Welcome to the Ali Maz Show, where we focus on human being and spiritual living with a deep inclination for the divine. Together, we delve into the seen and the unseen. We explore what it means to be well and whole from the inside out. Over the last 17 years, I've been focused on how movement, breath, and the power of the mind can liberate us from the template of our conditioning and carve a path to live a truly authentic life. My hope is that my guests will inspire and expand you to continue to choose the life that is yours. Welcome to the Ali Maz Show. Today's guest is Umi. Umi is a 24-year-old Seattle native pioneering a new sound rooted in neo-soul and folk. Her deepest intention is to use her music as a vessel for healing and human connection. Meaning ocean in Japanese, Umi is a beautiful reflection of her artistry, soothing like a day spent in nature. She flows across melodies and allows herself to dive into the human experience in a way that leaves listeners feeling deeply understood. Welcome to the podcast, Umi. Hi. Hi. Thank you. I'm so excited that you're here. You and I have spent lots of time together over this past year, and I'm just really excited to be in conversation and share all of the magic that you give to this world. And Mm -hmm. I feel like you are on this precipice of like just expanding so rapidly. So thank you for your time. And I just so appreciate and value what you, what you bring. So thank you for being here. That was so powerful. I love you. It's been a pleasure learning and growing with and from you. So I'm so excited to see what comes from this conversation. I feel like we're just going to flow in such a beautiful way. I know. Okay, well, let's start first with who you are. I know we're similar in that we grew up in the forests of the Pacific Northwest, but if you could share like a little tidbit of your upbringing um, and yeah, I always like to ask this question, like who were you before the world told you who to be, you know, like who is the little Umi in in the nature? (laughs) The little Umi, the little Umi is very adventurous and silly and loves music. Um, I When I think back to my childhood, I think about how playing for me was always playing with music. Like I would pretend to be doing a show and my little sisters were my fans or I would pretend to set up a studio in my on my bunk bed because like the corner of your room has really good at acoustics. I would like put a fake mic on or I'd pretend to be doing a radio show when my dad gave me like a tape recorder. So Music has always been played, so I think the fact that I'm pursuing music is shows me that I'm living a life that my little me would have lived too. Like it doesn't feel like it's been swayed by anything. Um, and I grew up, like you said, in the Pacific Northwest. Shout out Pacific Northwest! I grew up in Seattle, um, and then I moved a little bit outside of Seattle, more deeper into the forest, and. Um, It's interesting. When I was younger, music was something that was very important to me, but I was also very shy. And I think that was something I was like learned over time was like the stage fright, fear of being seen. So as much as I love to do music, it was very scary for me to sing. And so I, I, that's what pushed me to start my online presence. Cause if you're online, you don't really have to be in front of people, but you can be in front of people. So I make YouTube videos of me doing covers and singing and stuff. And upload original songs but if someone was like do you want to perform live I would be like I would do it but I would get craziest shakes and I couldn't breathe um and over time my music started growing online and 
maybe like two years into it, I got flagged for copyright on SoundCloud. And they were like, you do one more cover. We're taking your account away. And so that's what pushed me to start putting original music up on like iTunes and Spotify and stuff. And it started just very organically growing. I moved to LA to go to school, but really to do music. And I did open mics every single week to get over my stage fright and would like skip class to go to the studio. And um, then I decided to leave school and do music full time. So that's kind of my story. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else from my childhood. Um, and my, my, my mom is Japanese. My dad is black. And they both did a lot of music growing up. My mom played piano. My dad was a DJ and then like a gospel band. So morning to night, music was always playing. Um, and yeah, I think maybe the last thing to add to is growing up, I was often like the only minority in my environment. And I'm, I kind of feel like that added to my sense of stage fright and fear of being seen of like, um, feeling like I always stood out without meaning to stand out and also feeling like what everyone else found beautiful or like attractive, you know, when you're like, oh, you want crushes in middle school and stuff. And I was like, no one ever crushed on me, but it's cause I wasn't beautiful. It's just like, I was different, you know? So I think I've been through my music. It's been allowing me to heal things from then to get to where I'm at now. Mm. And that, to me, that's really what your music is, is, is healing. It's this mm. healing that you offer the world and, um, you have such a genuine and authentic and truthful spirit. And whether it's through conversation or through music, you singing, playing an instrument or you teaching breath work and meditation, you so beautifully weave in authenticity. And so to me, watching you perform or being in your presence, it feels like a healing experience. And it's so profound and so powerful. And I'm curious, you know, being in the music industry, being in a male-driven industry, um, and often, and as a young artist where I'm sure lots of labels and, um, you know, people have ideas of who you should have been as an artist and you and I've seen you work and we'll talk about being on tour together. Like I've seen you show up and share your point of view and what you want to offer. But I'm curious if that's been challenging for you to be like, no, it's like this, or I'm going to show this piece of my soul. Um, we don't see that often. It's so unique. Thank you. I feel so my heart is full. Um, it's been it's been a journey. It's been a journey. And that's why I'm grateful for my career, because I feel like if it wasn't for me doing music, I don't know if I would have pushed myself to be this authentic in a way. It's like it's so important to me that I have to do it authentically. But a memory that comes to mind is um, I had signed to a major label a couple a couple years back. I just left that about a year ago. And when I first started, it was beautiful. Um, because I was within a smaller label within the bigger label. So it was very like one-on-one -on -one, and they really understood me and I could tell they signed me because they believed in the art. They're patient with my process. Um, but then that kind of dissolved. And then I kind of, I got pushed into the, the, the bigger label label and I just, no one at the label label signed me. So they didn't really get me. I was just kind of like placed in there. I got signed there's a little fly in my room. <laughs> the fly reminds me to not think so much. Anyways. Um, <laughs> and then, um, so I was at the label label and I was in, right before I was about to release my album. And I've just kept being told like, you need to be more like 
it was okay. I need to be more like Nicki Minaj. You need to wear more bright colors. You need to like stop using film. You need to, and it was like really bizarre to me. And I also feel like I, I was very like, this is what I want. This is not what I want. If I do that, it works for this person, but it's not going to work for me because that's not who I am. And I think in me being really strong about that, I got labeled as a difficult artist to work with, which is very disappointing because I don't consider myself to be difficult to work with. I'm very open, but I'm just also very sure of myself. And um, I think that at first it was really painful and it was my people pleasing coming out of like, I don't want people to think I'm difficult. I just want to like, I'll listen to you. And um, I try to be super compromising was finding middle grounds, but it's just draining my energy. I'm sure it was draining their energy. Um, and so when we parted ways, it was very liberating for me. And even that whole experience was liberating for me because it made me understand like, oh, I really am an artist, artist. Like some labels are looking for people who can sing or can dance, but they don't have a vision for themselves. And so they can be placed into a vision, which that's cool if that's you, but that's not me. And so since leaving, I've just instead of feeling like, oh, I'm difficult or anything, I've been like, I'm empowered, I'm confident, I'm sure of myself. And it's been trickling into all areas of my life, which is great. Yeah, I'm curious how that's affecting the new music that you're making Ah, and how that shifted. And I know there's an EP coming in January. And I know that um, the couple of songs that you just released, to me, when I listen to those songs, they feel so free. They feel so like it makes me excited, like I can feel the joy in them. So curious how that the impact on the music that you're making now. Um. This new EP I'm releasing, it's called Talking to the Wind. And the whole premise of the EP is like when I'm when I feel lost, I sit outside and I let the wind talk to me. I let the elements speak to me and they say very simple things like it's going to be OK or just be. And um, I, st- I decided I want to make this project after I left my label because I felt unsure of what my next step was. But I also felt some invisible cord like just connecting me to create. So all the songs are songs that I created without really like knowing why I was creating or what I was creating for, uh, who I was even creating for. It was just like for the enjoyment of creating. And so that's kind of what ties the whole EP together. It's like the theme of surrender in a way. And my hope is when people listen to the EP, it'll give you the same clarity as going outside. Like if you have a question at the beginning, by the time you finish the EP, you'll have some next step or some inspiration that guides you closer to that thing you're moving towards um and so yeah I think um I like to create music like that music that reflects my personal experience and learning that I can then share with other people Mm. and what is the writing process like for you I know that you you know I there is a journal like strapped to you at all times (laughs) you're always journaling um you're always writing things down and it's so beautiful. You're such a beautiful student of life. And I know you take everything in and you're constantly gaining lessons from what you see and what you experience. And I'm curious, the writing process for you, is it something that's kind of coming up and alive from your, from your journal? Is that where you're pulling your inspiration from is, is life through pen to paper? And then, and then does it go song creation? Are you hearing a melody? Are you hearing a beat? Like, what is that process like? Mm. Oh, this is such a fun question. It's very song by song, but a lot of it comes from things I've written down, things that I've, things that I've observed. 
like you see me be like, oh, I have to write that down. That's so good. And I just, I'll just keep it in my brain. And then when I hear a song with a certain sonic, it, I, I see things in color a lot. So like a certain sound with like a blue color to it. And then a certain experience is also very blue to me or a certain quote somebody says is blue and then I'll connect the two and create a song. Um, and then sometimes it's just very in the moment and I'll just be freestyling and then words will come through and I'm like, oh, so that's what I want to say. Okay, let's lean into that. Um, but I'm definitely a person where if I don't experience life, it's hard to create. Like I don't like forcing myself to create. Um, I like to take in. Like I definitely have to, I definitely intuitively feel like, oh, now it's time for me to go into the world and input in, input experiences to then output creativity. But sometimes inputting is just hearing people's stories. Like I don't have to have the story to write it. So, but then listening still requires me getting out of the studio, going somewhere, asking questions. Totally. And I know you to be a really empathic person. I know you feel a lot. This is also where we're really similar in the (laughs) the sort of sensitivity and receptivity of others. And I know that you've written songs just through other people's experiences other people's experiences and almost the universal experience of of being human and what it means to feel. And I think that's why your music resonates so deeply with your fans is because you can listen to a song and go like, that's me. (laughs) I felt Mm -hmm. that way. (laughs) And that's the power of music to heal. It it brings people through um, their experiences. And I'm curious if you have any artists in your life that you are, who you're currently listening to that gives you sort of that same feeling of like, oh, okay, I just need this, this song or this artist. They're going to say the thing I need to hear today mm, so many um some main ones like SZA Janae Aiko Erica Badu Frank Ocean um those are like top of mind although I think the, the through line for all those artists for me is their lyricism and I think they're all very transparent in the way that they write and they like write about niche things that you wouldn't think like you kind of forget you even went through it um yeah and it's very it's very straightforward and that's been something I've been leaning into is like not hiding my experience behind metaphors and like in in like pictures but just saying exactly how it is Mm. and sometimes that simple straight to the point is the best way to get to somebody totally and I feel like with all of those artists have in common is just the consciousness that's woven into the mm. music as well. And let's double click on Janae for a second because you just played an arena <laughs> with Janae Aiko. Janae Aiko is one of my favorite artists of all time. And it's um, before I hit record, Umi was saying like, well, I'll let you explain it. Just that feeling of, of being, of being. Oh yeah. Stage. yeah. It was such a freaking amazing experience. I mean, like you said, I've been listening to her for years, and I think that we come from the same planet of music. So when I was there and I was with the fans, it just made so much sense. And I felt like I didn't even have to go out of my way to to convey who I was. It just felt like people would understand who I am just by my presence, which was such a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And we had this moment where... I asked everybody to turn their flashlights on and the lights were like from the bottom to the top. It was crazy. And I was telling Ali, like, 
a few weeks before that, I had gone to another arena show and the artist had like asked for the lights to come on. And whenever people do that, I pretend it's for me. So I was just like soaking it in like, wow. And then two weeks later, literally that manifestation is happening. So that was beautiful. And another thing to add too is we had a lot of technical difficulties before the show. It wasn't really, I was like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Because of the technical difficulties, more and more people filled the room. And because more and more people filled the room, the more lights there were. So I was just kind of like, wow, there really is a divine plan in all of this. Mm, yeah, let's talk a little bit about trust. Yes. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, in order to live your highest purpose, there needs to be a lot of trust involved. Mm. Because generally, when we're walking our purpose, it can feel a little bit lonely because we're having to carve a path for ourselves because mm-hmm. we don't like like you said, when you're on a label, they wanted you to be like this, be like this. And so when you carve your own path, it takes a lot of courage, takes a lot of bravery. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot of trust to say, I know that divine creator source, however you want to call it, there's a plan here and I'm in this co-creation and walking this. And even though it's scary, or I don't know how the show is going to go down, um, there's, there's a sense of trust. And so how do you cultivate trust? How do you practice trust? Mm. Um, what is your relationship to trust? Every time, um, you say trust, I think of trust. I remember when I was going to your retreat and I was really scared to go on the charter planes and you had texted me, fear is false evidence appearing real. And literally that's come in handy so many times. I think Trust to me is choosing what you, how you want to feel and choosing what you want to believe in. Because in the moment of trusting, you can also choose not trusting. And it's not like someone gives, no, no one gives you trust or like trust doesn't just like sprinkle onto you if you choose it, you know? So it's a practice. And I think what helps me trust is remembering all the times when I was fearful, but then it, all of it was an illusion. And it's important for me every time I overcome a fear, like like the fears I had before the show, for example, I'll journal on all the, how all the fears weren't real, how that would like, and it helps me dissolve it and strengthens my trust muscles. Um, and also I've been tuning into my feelings more and I'm like, I want to live a life that feels good to live and think thoughts that feel good to live and be in. Trust feels really good. And so I just lean on like, if it feels good, it must be real and it must be true. And if it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel good for a reason. It must be not in alignment with the truth of who I am. So tuning into that, becoming more aware of that also helps me catch myself when I'm not trusting. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I, I say that often. Alignment feels good. It's like mm-hmm. yo, like a yoga pose. When you're in the alignment, the pose feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing with life when you're in alignment with your thoughts and your actions and your words. And I know that you and I and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the retreat uh, in a moment. But I know that some of your great learnings right now are sort of in the observation of the mm-hmm. mind. And this is what yoga is, right? Yoga is the observation of the mind. This is when we sit and we meditate and we can kind of pull back and watch the mind like a movie. Uh, suffering is caused by really believing every single thought we have in our in our brain and our brains have a negativity bias. And so it would be quite natural and inherited generationally, societally, that some thoughts that come into our mind are negative or doubting or fearful. And so it's using the discernment of, is this true? 
um, and how to implant new thoughts <laughs> that can create a certain reality. And you're just masterful at this and especially at, at, at such a young age. And I really think that's attributed to so much of A, your authenticity, but B, your success is to kind of be able to observe the mind and go, we're not going to listen to those thoughts and we're going to bring in new thoughts and these thoughts are going to heal me. These thoughts are going to propel me forward. So um, I was sort of, I don't even know if there's a question in this, but what does that look like for you in that mm -hmm. observation of your own mind? Because this is really like a level two sort of teaching. It's one thing mm -hmm. to observe the mind and it's a whole other thing to really work with your mind. Mm -hmm. mm. That was a good, just like download right there. I feel like you, I would put that on like my my phone cover and <laughs> as a reminder to myself. Um, when you when you say that, it remi it just reminds me of the retreat that we went on, the Lady Bonner retreat, because I was telling Ali a big goal of mine when I went to the retreat was really learning how to separate myself from my thoughts. Um, I felt like I was really. I mean, one of my goals, oh, okay, I'm bouncing around in timelines, but when I visualize myself in the future and somebody asks me, what's your biggest success? And this is after like all my Grammys and my world tours. And and I feel like I just know what I'm going to say is my mental health and my, my peace of mind. And um, going to the retreat was such an important part of that. And separating yourself from your thoughts is such an important part of your mental health. And I was just so ready to really fully have good mental health. Like I was like, there's sometimes not there sometimes. And I'm just like, I want that for myself. I deserve that for myself. And I think just having a moment where instead of doing something to, to get rid of a, a anxious thought, instead of action being my default, it was just presence and awareness. And I realized, oh, the thought just goes away on its own. Like it's not this thing that's so big with so shattering and my ego was like throwing a fit but once I let that go the peace I've had since then has been just so amazing and everything that I've been attracting also from this state of peace has been so powerful and magnetic and so I'm just understanding that is the foundation of of everything Mm. Yeah. And what's interesting when we really set an intention to to grow and to learn and to be with something, we don't always get the thing uh, delivered in a pretty little package. So <laughs> for context, Umi came to my last retreat in Panama uh, and, you know, there was you know, some things that shifted at first, everyone was going to take a bus, but there was some protests happening in the country. And so we chartered these really small planes <laughs> and Umi was like, that's my greatest fear. So before you even got to the retreat center, you already were being faced with something uh, that was challenging. So that's how you started the retreat. Uh, and then how you ended the retreat is you literally walked through fire. Um, and that was not an exercise on the retreat, but for you, it was. So do you want to speak a little bit about um, how you ended the retreat? Yes. So I literally walked through fire. Um, uh, we had a campfire going and the campfire had faded. And I think I was just in my inner child excitement mode. I was not paying attention to anything. I had just jumped in the water and I was just, I was going, it was my final dip. I was ready to go back into the room. And I was also walking with a couple other girls too. And I was the only one that stepped right through the embers of the fire and burned the bottom of my feet. And when it first happened, it, I felt no pain and just like instant 
spiritual energy rising through me. And I was like, oh, this is very spiritual. And everyone's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, that was just very spiritual. And then like 30 seconds after that was the intense physical pain. I mean, all our feet are so sensitive. My feet are so sensitive. I Sometimes I feel like I can taste through my feet in a way. Like it's like crazy energy on my feet. So it was so painful for like six or seven hours. And I was just running water on my feet and just sitting with the pain for a while. And I just felt like this is very... This is an initiation in a way. Um, and I was like, this is a moment for me to practice everything I learned because I was sitting there and my physical body was in so much pain, but I could tap into my inner me, the me beneath me, that was just so joyful. It was not in any pain at all. It was laughing, wanted to watch cartoons, wanted to call my friends and like let them know what happened and like in a really funny way. And so I was able to tune in and out of the pain as I wanted to. And after the pain went away and I was just reflecting on it, I just was like, oh, I can never go back to fully identifying with my thoughts anymore. The the split was so real and visceral for me that I fully understand what my thoughts are and I understand who I am. And so it's just, it's also so symbolic, like, Umi, don't walk through the fire in a way, like, don't let your ego, don't let the fear hurt you, burn you, allow yourself to float through it um, and allow yourself to separate yourself from it. So I think some people could take that experience and be like, what a horrible, but for me, I was like, this is a gift. I know this Mm. is a gift. This is a lesson. And I healed so fast. And I'm sure it's because of the frequency of the way I alchemized the experience. It was amazing to watch you through that. I mean, I was at breakfast the next morning. I wasn't there when you walked through the fire, but your roommate came out and said, oh, Umi, walk through fire, (laughs) but she's fine. And I go into your room and you're just chilling, you know, and like, you know, like your suitcase, you know, we need to pack your suitcase, get you onto the bus, get you onto the plane. Like it wasn't the easiest (laughs) homecoming. And I just thought the way in which you were moving through that experience was so miraculous Mm. Uh, and it really taught me something and I think taught everyone that was on that retreat because you're right there's a lot of people that could have gone through that experience and gone full victim mode full blame mode why weren't the lights still on on the beach or why wouldn't they mark that place or I can't believe this is happening to me and oh my god how am I gonna get home I can't walk and there you were like we found your little wheelchair at one point (laughs) that man carried you (laughs) off the plane like you you had to leave the next morning at four o'clock in the morning like the the situation was not ideal and yet here you were in that moment and this is why I'm I'm so excited to hear you share the story is the learning and this is what I love about you is because you take life and you go okay how can I learn from this how can I grow how can I be better versus why did this happen to me I can't believe this is happening and so there's really you you sort of broken this mold of of victimhood which is mm. a universal experience for so many people is to look at God or look at universe and go why me mm. um, and I really think there's two ways to look at that why me for or um, why not me? Why not why me? Not me? me? Yes. You know, why not me? And I just think the way you, you know, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. Mm-hmm. And we say this a lot in the yoga practice too. I can tell a lot about a person by the way they do yoga, mm-hmm. you know, but if they're fidgety and distracted and this and that, it's often how they show up in life. And 
to be in this sort of moment that could have been a crisis truly. And you just said, no, I'll be fine. And I know I'll heal my feet. And you literally through the power of your mind, (laughs) were able to heal. And I just think that it's so, it's so incredible. And I'm curious what, um, I ask all my podcast guests this, and I know it's this uneffable sort of undefinable thing, but what is your relationship to to God, to spirit, to creator, divine, how do you define that? And what is that relationship like, um, that sort of co-creation like for you? Mm, I've never been asked that. I love that. Mm, My relationship with spirit is, ha, whoo, wow, what a question. It teaches me unconditional love because I realize that spirit has unconditional love for me in all situations. And I think that's what keeps me out of victim mindset of all things is like, how does my spirit see this? How does spirit see this? And the more I tune into how spirit sees it, I feel how close or far I am from it. And I try to tune myself as close as I can to spirit the easier life gets, the faster I heal, the faster things come to me, or just like the more I enjoy the present moment. And so I think that spirit is like um, this beautiful North Star that I feel blessed to have that guides me and loves me no matter what. And so it makes me want to love myself no matter what and love others no matter what. Mm, Such a beautiful answer. Yeah, I felt that. I feel like everything you've said has given me all the chills. Um, yeah, I love, uh, you know, I have a, a, a deep uh, heart. A big part of my purpose in this world is is to connect with young people and, and give them these tools of, of spirituality uh, at a younger age. And I know that's something that's so important to you too. And I'm, I'm curious, um, what motivates you or inspires you to, to connect sort of with this, this, your generation of young people coming up in the world, you know, you could just get on stage and, and sing and do your thing, but you you have your audiences take deep breaths. You have your audience <laughs> say affirmations and you and I, I had the privilege of, of being on tour with you when you led a breath work tour. So you didn't even sing your songs. <laughs> this is what I love about you. I'm sure your label's like sing the damn song, but you were like, no, I'm going to bring all my sound bowls. <laughs> <laughs> and get people to lie down and do breath work. Like you are bringing a message, a really clear message to the next generation and beyond. But specifically who I saw in those audiences, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young people that are, are you're, you're sharing healing modalities with them. It's so cool. So can you speak a little bit about that, of that infusion of these spiritual tools to your younger audiences? Mm. I think what inspires me more than anything is my own journey and how much I've been able to transform myself. Like I really reprogram my mind. Six years ago, Umi could not handle what I do now, couldn't even stand in front of you, couldn't have this conversation. And I think a lot of people feel frozen in who they are and they don't know how to change, but they also feel like something needs to change. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's my purpose to share with people through my example and through my life. And it's like one of those things I just get fired up about. I can't even explain where that passion comes from. Um, But 
I just feel like the amount of joy that I have for life now, all people have access to, and it's just a, it's just a matter of the tools. And to be able to share that with people just excites me. It's like, no, duh, that's exactly what I want to do. So I don't know what, what makes me want to do it, but I also know that it's just my purpose and as what I came here to do. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's possible to change and I want people to know that. Mm, yes, it is. And it, it's, it's what I love about the infusion of your message and it is so authentic and it's so real because you will be honest and real about what you're experiencing, but you keep it in this, this sort of undertone of there's still always hope, mm. you know, it, it doesn't just go so far emo. <laughs> that it's like you get stuck there. People get stuck there with you. Yeah. I just, I feel like you, you, um, really understand. I mean, this is a part of, of who you are. Your name literally means ocean and I've surfed with you before and I know that you really understand flow. And that's, I think a piece of the offering. And this is, um, because that's how I see you as a leader too, as a teacher, as well as a co fellow teacher, light worker in the world, bringing this work in is that we have to be honest about, you know, life will take us down, but how we get back up and, mm-hmm. and what are the things that kind of pull us up and out? And I know you have many practices, but I'm curious, what are some of your favorite practices that when you are feeling really low, what are the things you do from the sort of micro things? It could be the smallest of things or um, bigger things, but what are the, the the practices that pull you up and out? Breathwork is a big one for me. I did breathwork. Uh, I don't know if I told you this, but when we got back from the retreat at the hotel and I was like, just, I couldn't go out and explore. So I was just laying in bed and I had a moment where I was really sad because I really want to explore. Like I did not expect this to happen. And I was like letting my human feelings come up, but then they were getting stuck and I wasn't able to let them pass anymore. So I did breath work and breath work is so healing for me. It's like helps me break through any feelings of stuckness and come back to clarity. Um, and oh, I could go in on breath work. And when I was doing the breath work session with my feet, I felt like all my angels come down and just like pour love into my feet. And so I do breath work when, if I feel unwell, if I, like it just heals me from the inside and helps me draw power in. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of breath work, I'm trying like more simple things that I like. It's just going outside, being in the sun is very simply healing eating if i'm anxious or anything most of the time i'm just hungry so once i eat it'll he- you know this too we would be at the retreat i would wake up she's, she's like how are you i'm hungry i can't yeah. talk I she can't even speak but i'm the same way i can't i cannot function i go full <laughs> shut down so i i saw that in you i was like oh okay she's gotta eat her breakfast first and then we will speak (laughs) (laughs) and I think that's like it's kind of taking your power back because for a while I felt like I didn't need to eat that much I was supposed to do intermediate fasting or Mm. you know all these other things that just don't actually align with my body so taking back eating when I feel the need to eat has been so empowering for me so healing Mm. for me um Mm. and my I think the last thing would be water water activities taking a shower being in a bath, going into the ocean, the water just has a way of clearing me. 
Mm. And especially because you're often in these big settings, these huge venues. And I've seen you after shows at your merch booth. There's a lineup, uh, you know, around the block and you stay, you talk to everyone, you hug them, you connect, you're giving so much of your, your, yourself. And, you know, there's so much life force that is pumping through you. We call that prana. The Sanskrit word is prana, or you might know it as chi. We mm-hmm. all have this unlimited source of, 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 of life force, but it's how we tend to the life force mm-hmm. because it can dim. And I'm sure you know what it feels like when <laughs> you start to feel the reserves are really low. And so um, in order to give in the way that you give, um, finding the ways to yeah cut the cords, clear the energy, a yeah. hot shower, jumping in the ocean and sunlight, food, um, these things are not you know, they're necessities in in particular for what you do because there's such high energy exchange. And um, it's something I've learned so many times throughout the years when I I get a little lazy with it, I go down hard. And so the discipline around these things, they just, they're not luxuries, they are necessities. Um, And I know you, you spoke about it a little bit where there's time for you to really be in the world and then time for you to sort of pull back and be out of the world. So what does downtime look like for you? Mm, I love downtime. Having and being in downtime is also a big healing thing because for years I felt guilty about downtime. And so then I would burn myself out. But this year, I feel like I finally unlocked doing nothing and feeling so happy about it. Um, So downtime for me now is just like being in bed as long as I want to be in bed for and eating whatever my heart desires. And downtime to me is not having a schedule, honestly, because my life when I'm out in the world is very very scheduled, but it's not consistent every day necessarily, but it's like, there's always, it's filled with some kind of shine, like I'm expressing and showing myself. So when I have downtime, I'm like, I don't want to know what I'm doing tomorrow. I just want to figure it out tomorrow. And I want to be able to change my mind and I want to be able to drive there and decide I don't want to do it. And that's totally fine. Like that kind of freedom is important to me. Spending time with friends, family, animals, myself. Um, and painting like other types of creative outlets. Like I've been painting a lot. This month is a downtime for me. So mm-hmm. painting, dancing, um, art, cooking, I like to do that. And all those things replenish me. I just feel it when I'm being replenished. It's like, I'm smiling from within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many of those things are, feel so grounded, right? It's like the, the root chakra stuff, yeah. eating <laughs> the chakra. basic needs. Uh, yeah. Wow. Family foundation connection. And, you know, I, I can feel it when I start to pull up and away from those things, I get really ungrounded and you kind of um, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. And you're kind of spinning out and you're like, no, no, we don't make this stop. It's like you're high from life. And and then at some point that's sort of for me, I know that's when the crash happens. It's like when someone close to me is like, are you sure you're not doing too much? I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> I know that I'm not fine. <laughs> Just like me. No, I know. And so coming back down and 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 coming back to the simplicity, and um, that's something my teacher 
really has been supporting me with um, actually post Panama. I was there for a month. I led mm-hmm. yoga teacher training and then a retreat. It was a lot of people, a lot oh, of energy. So yeah. I came home and I was like, I got to launch my podcast. I got to do all these things. And then like one week later, it was like, nope, I have a head cold and body aches and I'm down because <laughs> my body is such a sensitive barometer for these things. Mm-hmm. It's like, girl, you cannot handle anymore. So I'm grateful for my body that uh, always sort of tells me I'd like to get a little bit more skillful at catching it before I really go down. Um, But I haven't seemed to figure that out yet. Um, But really enjoying the slow. And we're in winter right now. And the seasons dictate so much of our energy. And the day is shorter. You know, nature is literally saying, stay inside, (laughs) go to sleep earlier. And the more I can adhere to to the seasons, um, you know, I talk about this a lot, you know, this, like we're such cyclical creatures, especially those of us that have, uh, uteruses, uh, you know, that hormonal cycle is, is, is 28 days. It's not a 24 hour cycle and we're different every day. And we cycle with the moon. Um, we need different things. And I know you love the moon like me. And I know that you lead these beautiful moon ceremonies over Instagram live and, and YouTube, um, tomorrow actually, uh, well, when we're recording this tomorrow is the new moon. It's the last new moon of 2023. Um, new moons are a powerful time to set new intentions and seed, seed new sort of intentions for expansion. And I'm, I'm curious at this time, um, what seeds are you planting, whether that's personal or career? Many seeds. I'm in manifestation season these days. I think it's because I've really checked off my mental health. So it feels like I have capacity for that. Um, so some seeds I'm planting next year, even just like this moment onward, I'm planning being shining more, being seen more my music reaching uh, more people, but in a very massive way. Um, with the EP, I have a single coming out in January with as well. And I think I just keep telling myself, I want everything to exceed my expectations. So I'm ready for that to blossom. Um, I'm also been really diving into being a, a performer and how to be an even greater performer. So training more and taking more vocal lessons and enjoying it it doesn't it's not like a it comes from like a place of like I want to be better in a good way so I'm I'm planting the seeds and like embodying that more planting the seeds of balance um spending more time with family friends being a being like consistent and showing up there just as consistently that I show up in my for myself and in my career. So mm-hmm. I'm not even this. I'm, this. <laughs> I'm calling that in and um, planting seeds for it's so many seeds I'm planting more creativity and just health. Mm. I love that. I love what you said about putting the same energy into family and friends. I know that especially those who are really career driven, it's sort of like, okay, well, I want to just do all these things and then I want to keep myself healthy as I do that. And then to even look outside of that can be really tricky to balance some form of social life or community and and connection. And um, I know you have two twin sisters and I know that your mom is around like you, you know, and I've 
had the privilege of meeting a lot of your wonderful friends. And I love seeing videos when you're dancing and you're free with your friends and it, it fuels the rest of it. Right. It really yeah. we need that. We need that foundation. We do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what does it look like for you in your, your dream scape? You know, when you go to sleep at night, I'm curious, are you someone who, who dreams or dreams vividly? Do you write your dreams down in the morning? What is sort of like, you know, sleep is such a portal. We yeah. let go of the day. We surrender fully. It's sort of the death quote unquote of the day. What is that sort of nighttime portal? And I know also sometimes you stay up all night and <laughs> record music and don't sleep. Um, but I'm curious sort of, um, not just sleep as in rest, but like sleep as in dreaming, um, and, in sort of traveling and traversing the planes of, of, you know, uh, our non-awakeness. <laughs> that makes sense. That's such a lovely way to word it. <laughs> I love dreaming. I think um, throughout the month, I have different phases, like phases where I'm vividly dreaming and I'm adventuring. And then I have phases where I feel like if I'm ever worried about something or there's something in my subconscious, it comes up. And so I don't have scary dreams, but I have like stress dreams for like a couple days. It's usually around my period. So that's when I'm like, okay, I'm about to have to be on my period. And then while I'm on my period, I go back to like vivid, vivid dreams. So when I'm in vivid dream mode, before I go to sleep, I'll be like, dear Umi, let's dream about this, this, this. Or sometimes I'll even like ask my friends, you want to meet up in our dreams? And we'll just like see if we will we'll see each other in our dreams. And then when I'm in more of my like stressful dream era, I usually take time to journal on why I'm having that dream and be like, where's this coming from? Um... Yeah, so that's usually my relationship with my dreams. And I have a dream journal, and I definitely keep track of my dreams because my dreams are more vivid since writing about them, and I love vivid dreams. I get to live two lives. So <laughs> totally. And, and do you ever feel? <laughs> and do you ever feel like you can lucid dream too? So when you're in the dream, can you get conscious in the dream, and then oh, you're yeah. drafting the dream? I yeah. totally can. I feel like I wish I could do it more. It happens once every two months or so, but when it happens. I try I do it all I fly I'm the president I'm a tree I see my friends like <laughs> I love it's so cool I do too and I think it's interesting what you said like uh around like how it it changes cyclically and when we're on our periods um we the the veil is thinner which is really interesting and this is a time especially historically, you know, before we lost a lot of these traditions and understandings of our bodies, um, is a time where people on their periods felt the most intuitive, mm. where witches really felt like they could do the best, you know, readings and connection and, and speaking to the other side. And I always think, um, you know, having a different relationship with your period and having the opportunity to really deeply dive into sort of the dark feminine would be a way of putting it or sort of the, the witchier elements of where the veil is thin between yourself and everything else. And so dreams or pulling cards or having a conversation with, with the divine, it's like, to me, it feels like such a sensitive, powerful time. Um, and really trying to work a little less in that time and, and being out, you know, out of the world and really in your own zone when we can is so important. 
so important out of the world and in your own zone I like that a lot yeah and I love that it's balanced with uh, you know these intentions that you're planting and I love the way that you speak them out loud and uh, it's so powerful you know our words have so much power and not just to write them but to say them and then to say them to me and then a bunch of people are going to hear this podcast and now people are going to witness the you saying them all of that has its own weight and its own magic and i think that we deny ourselves sometimes of that or what if i say that and you know it's scary and what are people going to think and just the declaration of our own dreams it puts it accelerates them it so fast it does and i've been realizing spirit is in the dreams like spirit is so excited about my dreams spirit is shouting about my dreams spirit is like any doubt I have, spirit doesn't have it. So mm. when I feel doubtful, I just go like, that's not actually real. Like the truth is I can proclaim this. It will happen when it's meant to. It doesn't matter what people think. Like, and the more you align with it, then the more it happens. And I just like undoing all this thought of like, I thought oh, thinking about it more and like planning it more and working harder towards it is what's going to make it happen. And I'm like, oh no, it's just believing it with less resistance. That's all. Yeah. And that's the old paradigm, right? And it's very patriarchal. It's very capitalistic, uh, white supremacist sort of old thinking of just do more, try harder, work harder, more hours. Whereas, you know, there's this shift that's happening where it is more fluid. Mm -hmm. No, get into alignment, Mm. (laughs) understand yourself, be in conversation with the universe. And we don't have to try as hard as I think we were told we had to, you know, you listen to all these successful people and it's like, you just have to work hard and you do. There's no doubt about that. But I think the alignment that comes along with trusting yourself and trusting the divine um, has so much more merit to it as well. And I feel like when you move from from that inspiration, it requires less energy because you're just riding the wave and your own momentum. You don't have to like get started that like, oh, feeling disappears and you're just like excited to do it all. And it makes me think when I first shifted from just action to inspired action, I was scared that I wouldn't like, I would be behind or I would procrastinate or, and that's like the fear that was clinging me onto the old paradigm. But since letting it go, I'm like, I'm actually way more productive and I'm actually kind of doing more than I did before, but it feels like I'm doing less because it's all fun and from inspiration and it happens in the perfect order and not the order I planned it to happen. And I'm just like, spirit is so wise. He's <laughs> like, I'm so wise. Spirit is so wise. What? We, I'm glad I tapped into this. Totally. It's a secret weapon. You know, I think that there's, you sort of have two options. One is to believe and the other is to not believe. Mm. Um, and I know what it has felt like to not believe and, and to sort of feel, um, the separation and the aloneness of, of what it can, can feel like to, to feel disconnected from, from source. And, um, the more I trust, the more I get shown and the more I get shown, the, the, the more I get to do. And I love, it's sort of like our surf lesson, what they say, like slow, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And it's this idea where you, you take your time and you trust, and then the smoothness comes. And then all of a sudden, like how quickly things are taking off for you in your career, like how things are moving in a way where you, you kind of stop resisting life or forcing life and trusting life and it gets so sweet and it continues to reveal how sweet it can get and it just keeps getting better which is the best part (laughs) so limitless Yeah. yeah 
do you feel like the people around you um, believe that too? Or do you sort of feel like a lone, a lone bird on this path sometimes? What, what does that sort of look like for you? Uh, you've sort of, spirituality has been a big part of, of your life, obviously, and who you are and now through your music and your brand. But do you feel people like, oh, I roll like, oh, that's just Umi. Or do you feel like people around you are like believing the same things you do? It's a mixture, but mostly people really do believe. I feel like it's not even that people don't believe or anything. I think, okay, wait, let me start over. I would say most of the people around me believe. Most of the people around me are tuned into spirit and it's just like varying degrees of how much they're letting in in a way. But I feel like I'm attracting into my life people who are all connected to that and even if I, if there's someone in my life who's not, there's still like a glimmer of openness that I feel like brought them into my life. And there's something that they can teach me, whether it's like, how can I better explain this to somebody or how can I, how can I explain this to someone who doesn't, who hasn't felt this before. Um, and I also feel like through my life, I've seen my friends around me also transform in front of me. And a lot of it is me doing less teaching and more just like being an example and then they'll be like wait how did you do that like how did you manifest that and I'm like I thought you never asked and then I share versus before I'd be like you have to read this book you have to watch this video and they're, just, they're not gonna feel it until they're ready and same with me same with me I don't feel it until I'm ready too so that's kind of what my circle looks like mm, it's such a good point I think especially when we learn something new I know when I started practicing yoga at 19 I was like everyone has to do yoga right now, mom, dad, everyone is going to change your life. And then, you know, or even my own partner, it's like for years and years, he wasn't really into these things. And now he like loves breath work. He loves meditating. And it wasn't because I was forcing him, even though I certainly tried in the beginning, <laughs> you know, it's about them coming to it at their own time and by mm -hmm. embodying and being the example. And I've been talking to yeah, my teacher a lot about this, this idea of like, if you want to be a leader, you go first, mm. you walk this path alone and you show up every single day, even if no one else is there with you, you do it and you show up and you go first. Mm. And, um, cause there are days where I feel resistant and I'm sure you do too, where you're like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be the change. I don't want to be the light today. I don't want to, yeah. you know, um, but then we have this, a, a beautiful accountability to, to who is watching and who is listening. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that for me anyways, gives me the accountability to show up to my practice, to show up to my prayers, to show up to my dreams is because I want to be who I, I say I am. Mm. And you know, the work that, that you saw firsthand on the retreat and what I'm offering, I can't go home and then be a jerk to myself and not love myself. And it's the same thing with your music and who you are. You can't say all these things and then not walk them. Yeah. I, that reminds me of the last day of the retreat when you sat us all down and had like a very like, like I yelled, I yelled at everyone. <laughs> and you're just like, you cannot go back to your old habits. You learned this, that you, the world needs you to step into this now, now, now. And it's been so powerful. And I've been living that since being back. And I think that was the other key I've been looking for of like, don't, once you learn and you know, you just embody it. Like you don't have to wait for someone's permission. You don't have to wait to read that next book or take that next course. You can just be it now. It takes so much of your power back. And I think that's a really important concept. 
Mm, yeah, I am this person now. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, now deciding and not waiting around for the world to choose you or someone to choose you. That was a huge shift for me in my 20s where mm. I was sort of waiting around for it, whatever it was, mm. uh, until I said, oh, I could choose me. And what mm. does that actually feel like? I could choose me. Uh, mm. I get to decide and define my value and worth in this world. Um, that changed actually everything for me. Mm. And then I started attracting, yeah, different types of friendships, different types of partnerships. I met my husband. I, you know, I did a lot of things uh, in those sort of years where I was really working on the, the I'm, I'm my own choice and I need to show mm. up for me. Um, and that's a daily process. That's not just one time. That's every day. That's I real. Every day, every single day. Yeah. So true. Um, so I know we're just sort of wrapping up here, um, but I'm curious if there's something, you know, we're, we're ending 2023 and, and stepping into a new year. What was the greatest learning for you in 2023? Learning that I am not my thoughts. I am the happiness beneath my thoughts, happiness that floats above my thoughts, but I'm not my thoughts. Mm. Yeah, there's this Pema Chodron quote that says, uh, you are the sky, everything else is just the weather. And <laughs> that's it, right? Is that you're just the blue sky, you know, and the clouds come in, everything rolls in and rolls out. And um, we really, the, the, the essence of who we are is, um, is joy. It is our birthright. Yeah. And then all the stuff kind of rolls in and rolls out. But if we can remember the temporariness of all of these things, the impermanence of all of these things, this is where we can find joy now in the moment. And it's so beautiful. And I love your understanding of it is, is, is very advanced actually. Uh, so it's so beautiful when you, I was following up a few weeks ago about your feet and you sent me sort of all these paragraphs about observing your mind. I was like, damn, this is <laughs> level spirituality teachings. Um, and, and to get that now and to get that at your age with the platform that you have, I just, you know, you're unstoppable, my dear. You really are. I receive that. I receive <laughs> that. Yes, my goal is to be the happiest, healthiest artist. I want people to see what spirit embodied looks like. Like that's what I want my example to be, and the, the my career and my growth to be from spirit and not from me pretending to be anyone else or doing anything else. Just this is the power of spirit, self-belief and manifestation. And ta-da. And so it is. And so so it is. is. (laughs) So beautiful. That's the perfect ending. Mm -hmm. Um, And for, for anyone that wants to, to find your music or find you, where, where can we find you? You can find me on socials at who is Umi. You can find me on YouTube with Umi, U-M-I, and you can find me on all your streaming platforms, Umi, and stream my new EP, Talking to the Wind. It's out January 19th. And if you're finding me before January 19th, you can find all my other music too, my videos. Um, Oh, and I make meditations. If you ever want to check out my meditations, also on my YouTube page. So everything's easy to find, Umi. 
beautiful. You are such a gift to the world. You're such a gift to me. I so deeply value our connection. And I just know that our two souls were just meant to be in this lifetime. And I just, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you offer the world. Thank you for everything you offer yourself, because that's so, so important. And and thank you for the gifts that you've brought to my life. I'm going to cry. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> I feel like I get to teach everything you've taught me to more people. So we're just we're just doing it together. We're spreading love mm-hmm. everywhere. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Bye, Umi. Bye. <laughs>